Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 106, Secrets, Lies, and Telling the Truth. It's March 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Secrets, Lies, and Telling the Truth. This is a very significant topic because sometimes finding out a secret or finding out about a lie or finding out the truth can be devastating. It sometimes ruins people's lives or they can't function or it's a catastrophe and they become deeply depressed. That does not have to happen. And I've got lots of suggestions for you if you're dealing with a secret, a lie, or the truth. So let's get going. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway because that would make me happy. And we know I love being happy. Here's my disclaimer. I am not a medical health professional. I am not a therapist in any capacity. If you need therapy advice or medical advice, you should be receiving your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I am not. If you are listening to this podcast and you happen to be hopeless, not functioning well, suicidal, life is too hard for you, I am asking you to please stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. What I am asking you to do is I am asking you to talk about it. I am asking you to tell people. I'm asking you to accept the help that is available because there is a great amount of help available for you ditch any shame or embarrassment, and just make that phone call. My next side note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. Currently, I have transcripts for my podcasts on the rss.com platform, typically showing up within a 24-hour period or so. I am working with my IT guy to have transcripts for all of my podcasts also be loaded onto my website. So that is a work in progress and we're working it out. I'm asking you for compassion as I work to improve both my speech patterns, my pronunciation, and the speed at which I talk so that the transcripts are more accurate for your use. So I beg your indulgence. I'm working on it. Okay. Secrets, lies, and telling the truth. Boy, this is a very 
big topic and often extremely painful. Now, some people listening to this podcast are going to have this mentality that when it comes to lies or secrets or the truth, it's black or white. And I'm going to give you some information that hopefully will make it clear that it's not always such a black and white or all or nothing matter. And I think if you tend towards the thinking of all or nothing, it's black or white, you might want to pause and consider you may have a cognitive distortion that is called black or white thinking or all or nothing thinking. So that's just something for you to consider. So I want to start this podcast by getting us all on the same page with some definitions because I believe that will be helpful. So secret as an adjective is listed in the dictionary as kept hidden from knowledge or view, concealed, not expressed, inward, given to keeping one's thoughts and activities unknown to others, and secretive. Lie as a verb is defined in the dictionary as to make untrue statements with the intent to deceive, to create a false or misleading impression. Truth is defined as conformity to fact or actuality, reality, actuality, and the reality of a situation. Reality is the state of being actual or true, the totality of all things possessing actuality, existence, or essence. Rational, which we'll get to later, is exercising or having the ability to reason. And the synonym for rational is logical. Now, there is this field of science in philosophy called epistemology. And I happen to have a little tiny bit of background about that. And I'm going to give you the definition because I think it's it's valuable in this context where we're discussing secrets, lies, and the truth especially later on, I think this will be clear, but epistemology is the branch of philosophy that examines the nature of knowledge, its presuppositions and foundations, and its extent and validity, the theory or science or the method of grounds for knowledge. So how it was explained to me, yeah, there are people who go to school for this. They get a degree in epistemology. So basically epistemology is of all the knowledge in the universe, what what all do we know and how do we know it? That's how it was explained to me. Now, I do also want to mention deduction and deduce because we're going to be talking about the truth and reasoning and facts. So deduction is the drawing of a conclusion by reasoning. It's the act of deducing. So to deduce is to reach a conclusion by reasoning. So when you're looking at secrets and lies or telling the truth, it is simply, in my opinion, as I'll make clear, not necessarily black or white. If you are a black and white thinker or you're an all or nothing thinker or you're an emotional reasoner or you have any number of the 25, 50 or whatever of cognitive distortions, that's an irrational thinking and you're truth is not going to be based on reality because you're irrational. Your thinking is irrational. So 
I mention this because this is very significant. Sometimes people have irrational thinking. Actually, irrational thinking is extremely common. I have a podcast titled Cognitive Distortions, which is entirely devoted to irrational thinking and cognitive distortions. They are extremely common, extremely, extremely, extremely common. Yet, if you have a cognitive distortion or some form of irrational thinking, your view of reality is warped or distorted, and therefore, the truth that you arrive at or the conclusion or your reasoning is going to be flawed because that's the nature of irrational thinking. It's flawed or distorted thinking. It's a flawed view of life and it will give you flawed conclusions. So that's really important for you to understand. The other thing that's important to understand is you as a human being have many filters that you filter life through. For example, if you have low self-esteem, that's how you view life. You Everything that comes into your life is filtered through your low self-esteem, which will give you different conclusions than someone who has healthy self-esteem. You have other types of filters, like your belief system, your attitudes in life. So there's a lot of different things besides irrational thinking or low self-esteem that would impact the truth or your view of the truth. So that's important. Now this topic, lies, secrets, and, and the truth, literally takes some people out of the game of life. It takes them down. It ruins their life, and that does not have to be the case for you. So let me just share that uh, three years ago, I found out that all of my money and all of my assets had been fraudulently and illegally taken, and on top of it, if that wasn't bad enough, I was left with a massive amount of debt. So that was not good news. That was obviously a betrayal, fraud, illegal, and all kinds of things clearly bitterly painful, clearly catastrophic. And there were other things that happened on top of it, other life challenges, like, uh, like my mom passed away and I was very close with my mom. So that would leave some people thinking, oh, the last three years must have been the hardest years of your life. No, people, not at all. The last three years were some of the easiest years of my life which is very sad, that's actually traumatically sad. At the same time, I have skills and abilities, and that's what made having that awful situation, the lies and the secrets and the betrayal, uh, and finding out the truth, made it doable. Like, I got through life and I've been happy, and people can't believe how happy I am. Well, that's because happiness is not related to my circumstances, which I will talk about later. For you, if you're dealing with a secret or a lie or finally found out some truth that's painful, this does not have to be a showstopper. This does not have to ruin your life. This does not have to take you out of the game. So I want you to hang with me as we move through the pieces of secrets, lies, and telling the truth, and then the things that you can do, which will be wildly helpful for you. So the first place I want to start 
is why do people lie or why do people keep secrets? And I think you're going to be a little maybe surprised about this because oftentimes people have lies or secrets in a particular category. So one time that people will lie or keep a secret is when they're in a domestic abuse situation or some other abusive situation. And that could be for a lot of reasons, including the fact that it might be unsafe for them to be telling the truth about it. There could be retaliation if people found out. There can be further abuse or consequences if people found out. So there are times, and there's also frequently shame or embarrassment for someone who's in an abusive relationship or an abusive situation, whether it's at work or home or wherever, or they're in a domestic abuse situation, shame and embarrassment are common. But this is one area where people frequently have to keep it a secret or tell a lie until they can escape and get out of the trap. So that's a valid reason. They're not malicious. They're not intentionally trying to deceive you. It's just unsafe and there can be massive amounts of retaliation and consequences if people find out until, the, until you escape and you're safe. Number two, there are many instances where people simply cannot face the truth. They cannot deal with reality. And I'm going to give you an example. So when things are too hard for people to face, they cannot tell the truth. Now, one example, and I've talked about this in some of my podcasts, is sometimes it is too painful for a person to admit or face the horrible treatment they received by their own family or by their own siblings or something that happened to them. And sometimes people will actually take it to their grave because they cannot deal with the pain. They cannot face it. So people will not tell you the truth if they can't face it. If they can't face the truth, it's kind of like it doesn't exist for them. And this is very common. Another example, number three, is when you have an intent to deceive, steal, cheat, or manipulate another person or the outcome of something. So that's an intentional intent to deceive, steal, cheat, or manipulate. People will lie when they fear being judged, contemned, condemned, or criticized. That's extremely common. When you have irrational thinking, you end up with a distorted view or flawed view of life, so you're living a false reality, and the truth you're telling is not the actual truth because of your distorted thinking. You have unknowingly bought into a false narrative or lie someone else told you, and you are not aware that it is false or a lie. You perpetuate the lie or false narrative, or you believe it, because you don't know that it's not true. You are trying to look good to other people, or preserve your reputation or your image, or you are trying to protect someone else's image or reputation for something that they did or didn't do or said or something else. You are keeping a confidence of someone, which you would want to do if you're trustworthy, and I will touch on that later. You fear or believe that telling the truth would or could be dangerous 
to either yourself or others. You are lying to yourself, which you may not be aware of, or you could be in denial about the truth. This is very common. We typically don't lie to ourselves on purpose. It's just part of like life. You either haven't dealt with your emotions about something or you lack the emotional abilities to deal with something. So for example, I ran away from love a couple times because I didn't understand I was in fear. Like the fear was the issue and I didn't understand that. You are worried about hurting someone else's feelings, so you keep a lie or hide the truth. You fear rejection, so you lie outright or by omission. That frequently happens, people, in dating, in dating apps. It even happens in job applications and interviews. Your pride or ego is too high, and therefore you're not actually able to be honest with yourself or others. You're afraid of the consequences of the truth. In other words, there may be something very significant at stake that could be lost if the truth came out or if a secret or a lie was revealed. You lack assertiveness skills to be able to be honest and truthful. You are guarded and can't be vulnerable with others, so you hide the truth. You have low self-esteem, which filters your perceptions, your feelings, decisions, and conclusions in ways you might not be aware of. And the last reason is you think it's none of your business, so you keep your mouth shut, furthering the lie, secrets, deception, and betrayal. That is 20 reasons why people either keep a secret or lie. I hope from that list, especially the first two, you can understand there can be valid reasons why people are not being truthful. Although I'm a diehard fan of the truth, there are times when it's just not appropriate to tell the truth or to say the whole truth or what have you. So because we're talking about truth, I want to just take a little mini dive into facts versus opinions. And this is very dicey, people. Very dicey. It is not, however, typically held that it's dicey. People tend to look at it like, well, it's either a fact or an its opinion. Well, that's not exactly as simple as I would lay it out. Fact in the dictionary as a noun is, is listed as knowledge or information based on real occurrences something demonstrated to exist or known to have existence, existed, a real occurrence and event. Opinion as a noun is listed in the dictionary as a belief or conclusion held with confidence but not substantiated by positive knowledge or proof. Synonym for opinion is view. And it's also listed as a judgment based on special knowledge given by an expert, and a judgment or estimation of the merit of a thing or person or idea. So I want to give you an example of this whole diciness of fact versus opinion. In the old days, pre-1980s, the medical journals in the United States would have an article in the medical journal about a treatment or course of treatment or something 
on a particular disease state or condition. In that exact same medical journal article, the same issue, they would print what they would call an opposing view or a different view on the treatment and management, etc., of the same disease. So in one journal, medical journal article in the United States prior to the 1980s, the journals would have two different ways a, t a condition or a disease or what have you could be managed or treated. So which one was right? Both views, by the way, in the medical journals were supported by evidence. There wasn't just like some opinion given as an opposing view with no evidence. So back prior to the 1980s, there was this openness and there was this willingness to look at any particular disease as having different ways it could be treated or different treatments or different ways it could be managed. So, and they were both supported by facts. So which, which one was right, right? If we're talking about getting to the truth, which one was true? Well, they could both be true. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just giving you the diciness. Now, I want to give you an, another example because I really want you to get that people walk around like, well, this is a fact or that's a fact. No, that's your opinion. And we really haven't got that whole thing sorted out. So back in the day, I had a surgical procedure that I was going to have. I was going to have, and the surgeon had suggested that he would like to use a piece of sterile Gore-Tex over the surgical site to prevent adhesions, which was not FDA approved at the time for the use of preventing adhesions. So I had to go on a fact-finding mission. I literally had to go figure out, was this a good idea? Was it not a good idea? And as I went through the process of doing my own research, I found out there were literally only six facts I had to dig up to be able to make an educated decision on whether it was a good idea to have an experimental thing done after the surgery. So I did opt for the sterile Gore-Tex because on my fact-finding mission, one of the facts I unearthed was that adhesions, surgical adhesions, are extreme, can be extremely painful. And according to some individuals, post-surgical adhesions, the pain can last a lifetime. Well, that's not something I'm going to sign up for. I am not going to sign up for adhesions and pain for the rest of my life. So I did opt for the sterile Gore-Tex, even though I knew it was not approved by the FDA. The surgeon had done it many times, and it later was approved by the FDA for use in adhesions. Now, the, ir the irony was that the surgeon who did my C-section after the original surgery, which was to remove a 19-centimeter fibroid, the surgeon who did my C-section for my first baby was, the, was a surgeon who had railed against the idea, just the, was just outraged at the idea that sterile Gore-Tex would be used to prevent adhesion. So it's a little ironic 
that that surgeon is the one who ended up removing the Gore-Tex who was blown away by the effectiveness, by the whole thing. So you, when you're looking at facts, you have to kind of sort it out because the surgeon who had railed against the use of the sterile Gore-Tex was sure that A, well, it was a fact that it wasn't FDA approved, but they were sure it was a fact that it was not safe, it was not a good idea, and that's not right. That was incorrect. But for them, it was a fact. So people often take whatever and they present it as a fact. Well, it was a fact that it wasn't FDA approved, but it wasn't a fact that it was unsafe and it wasn't a fact that it wouldn't be effective. So, you know, you have physicians in medicine, we have all kinds of areas in life where people will present information as if it is a fact and the only truth. So I want you to start to begin to expand your view and see this is dicey. This is very dicey. Now the other thing I have to mention is that there are people who are emotional reasoners who use their emotions as facts. So they're not using facts to reason with, they're using their emotions. So you want to begin to start to have a, a wider view about whether something is a fact or whether it's actually an opinion or whether there might be multiple truths. So that's just what I have to say about that. And that leads me to my next piece, because we're talking about secrets, lies, and the truth. So part of this whole fact versus opinion is about you getting to the truth of something. Sometimes the truth doesn't matter, and sometimes it's valuable or significant or important to get to the truth. Part of this piece is to do your own fact-finding mission or your own research. If I hadn't done my own research and, and gone on my own fact-finding mission, I would have had a hysterectomy years ago and never been able to have my own biological children. That is, that is my assertion as a fact because I met with enough surgeons who said, I'm sorry, you, are, you, will, you will have a hysterectomy. And I've also met with enough people who had a fibroid tumor that was only six centimeters compared to my 19 centimeter fibroid. And guess what? They ended up with hysterectomies and could not believe that I did not end up with a hysterectomy. So my research into surgeons and this whole idea is it possible and finding the right surgeon gave me a good result but if I hadn't done my own research there's no we have no doubt what would have happened and the other thing is if I hadn't done my own research in medicine years ago someone that I love deeply would not be alive and we have all the medical concrete evidence to support that statement in fact, their health was presented in Europe years ago as being the only person from America to survive past a certain age. So you want to really start to look at, do you have the facts? You want to get to the facts as much as you can. And sometimes that means you have to take actions. Years ago, there was this terrible uh, truth, alleged truth being said about me, which was not true. At the same time, when it was brought to my attention, well, 
I didn't know if that was true or not. Like, I didn't think it was true. And uh, so one of my friends and I had to embark upon a fact-finding mission to get to the truth. It turned out it was a total lie. It was a total character assassination, fabricated statement. But without doing the due diligence, how would we have known? So it is important you can distinguish between facts and opinions. It is important that you be able to do your own research or due diligence or go on a fact-finding mission if you want to get to the truth. And hopefully you do want to get to the truth in some matters. I will say, I'll give an example of one thing I don't care about the truth on later on, but I next want to move into secrets. So I'm not talking about secrets that are good secrets. Good secrets meaning you're getting a present, you're, they're having a surprise party for you, somebody got you a gift. Like, I'm not talking about good secrets. Nobody needs help with good secrets. Nobody. I am referring to those deceptive pieces of information or facts or truths or what have you that are not good and are harmful. I did take a little mini peek into the research before this podcast, which I, I do have been known to do. And what was fascinating is they've actually been researching this whole idea of the impact of keeping secrets from a health perspective. I don't know that you'll be surprised about this, but according to the research, uh, secrecy links to depression, increased anxiety, symptoms of poor health and any existing conditions or diseases getting worse. In older children and adolescents, keeping secrets from parents is associated with lower levels of psychological well-being and more frequent secret keeping was associated with more severe asthma symptoms, uh, sleep being poor in quality, and a greater number of times of waking up with at night. And secrecy is also associated with an increased negative affect. And so there's just really nothing good in the research about keeping secrets. Now, it's not a huge body of research. It's, it's growing. It's gaining attention. So I want to, you know, distinguish keeping a secret from keeping somebody's confidence. When someone tells you something privately, not to be shared, you could view that as a secret because it basically is a secret. However, if you live life with the firm rule that you are not going to gossip about other people, then you really don't have to worry about secrets because you are not going to be talking about Mary or Bob or Sue or Ellen or whoever. So I hope you will have a firm rule not to gossip. And I also hope you, if people are going to take you into their confidence and you're going to be their trusted person to talk to, to sort things out, that you're, you are going to keep their private business private because that's what makes you trustworthy. And everyone wants to have trustworthy people and it's, I think that says, this does not fall into the secret category that I'm addressing. I'm talking about secrets of deception and lies and betrayal. 
and not telling the truth that are harmful to others. If someone's talking to you about their personal business, that's taking you into their confidence. So I separate that out. I hope that is helpful. So you want to watch how you do life. You hopefully are not going to be engaging in gossip. That is never good. Nobody likes a gossip. So, so you don't want to be a gossip because people are not going to like you. It's not good. You do, however, want to be that person that people can trust, that you are going to love them and you are going to support them and they can talk to you about their issues and problems. Lies. Well, this is a very painful and very interesting topic as well. I hope from the previous list of why people either keep secrets or lie that you are going to start to develop some compassion that sometimes people don't tell the truth because it's too painful. Either they can't face it or they can't admit to it or they are too ashamed and embarrassed that someone did something to them. Quite frankly, lots of people in America and in the world have their all of their money and assets stolen fraudulently and illegally and they're left with a pile of debt and they don't talk about it because they're too ashamed or embarrassed to admit it. I'm not ashamed or embarrassed. I did not do that to myself. We know how that happened and sometimes the people who engage in that stuff are very dangerous so you have to really be careful. In the area of lies, there's lies of denial, omission, fabrication, minimization and exaggeration and of course white lies. White lies being those lies that are typically told so that you don't hurt someone's feelings. And I would say white lies are lies of compassion. If someone's going through a rough spot and they look terrible, you see them and they say, oh my gosh, I look terrible, I know. Yeah, it might not be the nicest thing to pile on and say, oh yeah, you look terrible. I have never seen you look so bad. That's probably not going to make them feel good. You might be able to say with integrity, well, I've probably seen you looking a little better, but you're hanging in there. You're doing okay. How can I help you? Like, how can you help them? If they look terrible and they're struggling, I hope you're going to try to help them. Now, one of the greatest resources, if you're dealing with lies or a lie, is a book called People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck, M.D. M. Scott Peck is deceased. He wrote The Road Less Traveled, The Road Less Traveled and Beyond. He wrote several books, many books. I don't know how many, but a lot. And People of the Lie is a very, very interesting read and based in psychiatry because he was a psychiatrist. So this was under his purview as his career. But that can be a helpful resource for you if you want to understand more about lying. Lying, however, is extremely common. When people can't face the truth, they can't tell the truth. Now, I did just mention, you know, lies of minimization. Well, here's the thing. We have people in the world, people in society who are minimizers. What a minimizer does, it's a, it's a personality trait or characteristic, they minimize events, they minimize painful things, they minimize problems, they reduce their the significance or the scope or the impact or some aspect of a problem 
or issue or painful situation because that's a coping mechanism for them. That's a coping strategy. They might have learned it at a young age, who knows, but it is what some people do. Now, if you happen to not be a minimizer, you might think the minimizer is lying because they're like, it's a lie of minimization. Well, they might be lying or it might be that because of their temperament, because of the way they're organized, because of the way they filter life, they have to minimize problems. They have to minimize the impact of anything negative or anything bad because that's how they do life. That's not an intent to deceive you. If someone's a minimizer, it's not an intent to deceive you and not an, an intent to harm you, yet it may be a problem. I'm not a, minim I'm not a minimizer. I've had minimizers in my life and it can cause a little friction. Now, the thing that's most problematic in the area of lies are the intentional and malicious lies when someone wants to take your money, your property, your assets, your relationship, your partner, your job. Those lies are very problematic and can be extremely detrimental just like lies by the green-eyed monster or narcissists or psychopaths or people who have some type of ill intent. And if you have a pathological liar in your life, someone who is a chronic liar, habitual liar, that's a big problem. You're going to need to go get some support because this podcast is not going to get into the, the thick of that at that level. So now I want to talk about secrets, lies, cheating, infidelity, theft, and fraud, which are the biggest problem that are resulting, that result from secrets and lies is cheating, infidelity, theft, and fraud. These are the things that tank people. These are the things that send people over the edge, whether they've lost their marriage or they've lost the love of their life or they've lost their job or their career because of a secret or a lie or an untrue statement or something else. So these are very, very big deals and very problematic because people get tanked. They lose their way. They get depressed. They can't function. Sometimes these things, the secrets, lies that fall under the cheating, infidelity, theft, and fraud or other malicious results can be a trauma for people. Most people don't do well with trauma or traumatizing events. And I understand that, although I am a trauma expert, not, not happily so, but I'm, ha I'm happy I have those skills. So, you know, it's extremely problematic. It's extremely difficult. And people who've had you know, whether it's from cheating, infidelity, theft, or fraud, and they've lost their marriage, or they've lost their money, or they've lost their best friend, or they've lost the love of their life, or their career, or their job, or their house, or what have you, can lead to profound grief, profound depression, loss, sadness, and a host of other emotions. And it really literally can be a catastrophe. So for some people, having something really negative that comes out of a secret or a lie or the truth is deeply wounding and a catastrophe. And some people will end up permanently damaged as a result of whatever comes out of the secrets or lies or the truth, whether it's cheating, infidelity, theft, fraud, their career, what have you, 
but that does not have to be the case. You do not have to end up mortally wounded, permanently damaged, unable to function as a result of a secret, a lie, the truth, a betrayal, fraud, what have you. So before I give you some steps to put yourself on a good trajectory and a good path, I want to talk about the power of the truth for a moment because I'm a big fan of the truth with a very few exceptions. I'll mention one later. So first of all, even though the truth can be extremely painful or even catastrophic or traumatizing or a trauma, I believe that the truth is very free. And I do believe that because <laughs> I would much rather have a real life than a fake life. I'm not interested in fakeness. I'm interested in authentic authenticity and realness. So for me, the truth is freeing even when it's extremely painful. Number one, it can change your life without question in terms of the decisions you make moving forward. Number two, it can help you get unstuck. Number three, it can prevent you from losing love, a job, a relationship, or people you care about. Number four, it can change your health status or the outcome of a health situation. Number five, it can help you make sense of your life, life in general, your history, your past, and all of that can be very powerful and very freeing. Number six, it can lead to growth and development when you learn the truth about how you are organized or some skills that you need to learn. Number seven, it can protect you in a variety of ways from getting hurt, from being betrayed, from being wounded, from losing your money, etc. Number eight, it can bring peace of mind. Number nine, it can help you break the cycle. Number 10, it can improve your life, your relationships, your career, your finances, and your well-being. It's not that the truth doesn't have any risks. It's not that the truth doesn't have consequences sometimes. At the same time, there are lots of benefits that can be found in being able to get to the truth. Years, years ago, years ago, I learned that I did not have any anger skills, which came as a shock to me at the time. I thought, how did I get to be this old and not know that I didn't have any anger skills? Well, guess what? We live in a world where most people don't have anger skills. And so instead of being, oh, woe is me, I don't have any anger skills, I was like, woohoo! Well, now I get to learn about anger and now I get to grow my anger skills and teach my children about anger. <laughs> So it wasn't a bad thing, but I had to get to the truth, which was I had no anger skills. So it was very valuable. For me, the only time the truth doesn't really matter is when someone comes back into my life because they've left it for a while. And I've had so many painful, bitterly hard things happen. It's very hard sometimes for people to, to have someone in their life who's dealing with a painful situation. And that's really a reflection that they don't have the skills or capacities in dealing with painful things. So they have to kind of step back. When people come back into my life, which of course does not apply to bad people, the green-eyed monsters, psychopaths, narcissists, abusers, none of those people are welcome back. 
and I don't care. But for other people, they'll people come in and out of my life. I don't care why they left. I just am happy that they're back and I have this rich understanding about why they might have left. So where do you stand about the truth? Well, I don't know. For some people, the truth doesn't really have a lot of weight or doesn't really matter to them. You could be in all kinds of places about the truth. That's your decision. That's your choice. It's your life. But hopefully, looking at what we've covered so far, looking at fact versus opinion and how dicey that is, as far as well as all the reasons why people don't tell the truth or they keep a secret, hopefully that's all going to circle around and give you some new perspectives when you're dealing with a secret or a lie or the truth. Now, I just want to make a mention about the emotional components of secrets, lies, and telling the truth. And I'm going to make this very short. I have, I have a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm going to make it short. This emotional piece of when you find out a secret or a lie or the truth finally comes to light can be extremely difficult, painful, traumatic, catastrophic, you have to start to deal with those emotions. If you do not identify, manage, and process your emotions, you might as well throw the emotions, the trauma, all the problems in a box, package it up, put it in a wagon, and tow it behind you for the rest of your life. We as society, we in society, are typically not great at identifying, managing, and processing your emotions. Those are skills. When you're dealing with a secret, a lie, or, the, or finding out the truth, please do yourself a favor and get on the emotional intelligence bandwagon to start to process those emotions. What we know from the research is any emotional pain that you do not deal with, any emotions you do, do not deal with, do not float away magically. They actually know from the research that unprocessed emotions lay in your subconscious, unconscious mind. They lay in wait for some future date to pop up and be dealt with. So put on your list to start to get skills in learning how to identify, manage, and process your emotions. Now, you know, you might be angry, you might be resentful, you might feel confused. There's a huge array of emotions. You might be humiliated, destroyed, you know, wide rate of, range of emotions that will show up if a secret or a lie or the truth has been revealed, including the fact that you may feel traumatized or it may be a trauma, what I want you to do is put yourself on the road to make this horrible, bad, or terrible thing be a defining moment for yourself, to be a turning point, to be a point where you look back and say, oh, that was like the worst thing, but guess what? Look at my life now. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to make a conscious decision that all of this horrible, negative, nasty, bad emotions, you're going to use that to make your life better, you would be taking advantage of what's called post-traumatic growth. 
post-traumatic growth is really you using emotional pain, the pain from the lies, the secrets, the truth, what have you, to make yourself become better, become a better version of yourself, and as a result, to have life be richer and more rewarding. Now, this has been done since the very beginning of humanity. It has been written about since the beginning of humanity. We just didn't have the term post-traumatic growth till maybe 40 or so years ago. And we didn't have flow charts and all this rich body research and all these studies, but it's been done since the beginning of time. So you could literally take this trauma or this catastrophe or this painful experience coming out of secrets, lies, or finding out the truth, and you could use that to your advantage. I have a podcast called Using Emotional Pain to Your Advantage. You could do that. Or you can not do that. You know, that's really your choice. You could suffer or you could make this go, hmm, yeah, I think, I think I'll uh, take this painful, awful, really terrible thing and use it to make my life better. So I have some suggestions on using this to your advantage. Number one, I want you to take a breath and have really deep, deep compassion for yourself. I want you to be easy on yourself. I want you to be kind to yourself. That's not typically how human beings are organized. Typically, you have an inner critic that's raging, that's saying all kinds of nasty things to you. I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion that will help you on the little inner critic piece, but you can tame it. Whether or not you're going to tame it or whether you've tamed it, probably you haven't, it's really, really critical that you be compassionate with yourself if secrets, lies, or telling the truth, or the truth has come out. Number two, what's going to help you immensely is if you boost your self-care pronto. Immediately make taking care of yourself a high priority. That is not often what happens when people have a, tra a trauma, or a lie, or a secret, or the truth comes out but it will help you. It will help you wildly. My next suggestion, number three, is to focus on love and happiness. You will find some people who will disagree with this recommendation, and that's fine. They're welcome to do that, but I'd love to have a debate about that because I have the research and science on my side. Here's why some people don't recommend it. They don't recommend it because they don't know that you can have happiness completely separate from your circumstances or what's going on in your life or some situation or an event. You can absolutely, as a human being, learn the skill to generate your own happiness separate from your circumstances. I have many, many podcasts on happiness and they, that talk about generating your own happiness. And the other thing is I have a whole Crash Course three-part podcast series called A Crash Course in Happiness that will talk about the skills and the foundations for happiness. 
most people are happy when they have the right money or they have the right job or they have the right house or they have the right husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or, or partner or you know when they have when everything is right they're happy that's one way to do happiness no 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 that's not how we do happiness here if if I did happiness like that I would have had a miserable life but I've never done happiness like that and I've had an amazing life even though all of my money was taken I've still had like a miraculous life and seriously the last three years have been three of the easiest years of my life so one you want to make love and happiness a priority and that includes learning to separate happiness from your circumstances. It also means beginning to build the skills and the foundation for having happiness, which that three-part podcast will help you. The next piece is be well-loved as part of the love focus. I have a YouTube video about that. I have a podcast about that. Many people simply don't feel as if they have been well loved and frankly tragically very tragically some people have not been well loved in life so that should be a priority I don't know what would be more important than feeling like people love you and knowing people love you and I'm not just talking about having the love of your life or some romantic partner I'm talking about having people in your life who love you deeply I will also just add in a little piece here that learning about neuroplasticity of the brain and psychoneuroimmunology as it relates to happiness would be very valuable to you. I have a podcast titled How Happiness Can Literally Save Your Life, which talks about the science of neuroplasticity of the brain and psychoneuroimmunology, which by the way is how I know I have the right recommendations on having happiness be separate from your circumstances and power and value of happiness. So that will help you. Happiness does not have to be elusive and happiness and love do not have to be tied to your circumstances or an event. My next suggestion is to grow your emotions to be a superpower. Emotional intelligence is the most amazing thing. It's incredible. I have several podcasts that will help you grow your emotional abilities. And as you heard me say earlier, you know, I was, I was whatever age when I realized, oh my goodness, I have all these emotional skills and abilities, but I was completely devoid of anger skills. So grow your emotions to be a superpower. My next recommendation, particularly if you're dealing with lies, secrets, this terrible situation, I want you to establish a reward system to help you stay on track, to help motivate you, to help inspire you. I have a podcast about a reward system. I've written about a reward system uh, on my Newsweek profile. You can find my Newsweek article on Newsweek.com. If you just go to my profile, you'll find all of my articles. Yes, you want to stay in the game of life. You want your life to be rich and amazing. A reward system will help you stay on track. My next suggestion is that you don't do this alone. 
You can do this alone. You're welcome to do it alone if you want. You might be depressed and so upset you can't think about talking to other people. My request is you grab a buddy and even better, build a team to start creating life magically and powerfully. I have coached people that strangers I met, I met, I met out who were dealing with a painful problem. And <clears throat> some of them I, I ran into the next day. So I ran into them the next day at a different location. <laughs> they were so excited. They had cemented the three of themselves as a team. They had a name for their team. They were all over the idea that they could create their lives magically, even though I think two of the three had this very deeply painful situation. Why not? Why not make this problem, this secret, the lie, the truth, whatever it was, why not have it be the beginning of the most deliciously fun and exciting time you've had in a long time? I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. You, you know... Sometimes people have had lives that are so hard, they've lost their playful sense of life, they've lost their sense of fun, they can't laugh at themselves. I do have a podcast about being playful and fun, and I'm a fan of that. Like, thankfully, I decided in high school, no, I'm never going to be that serious. I'm going to be serious about my goals and what I'm up to and what I'm going to achieve, but I'm going to do it while I'm having lots of fun and being playful because that was a decision I made. My next suggestion is to create your life. This is an opportunity. Any problem is an opportunity. You could use what's happened with the secret, the lie, or the truth that was revealed as an opportunity to start fresh and create your life. That's not what most people do. I do have a podcast about creating your life. That will help you. My next suggestion is that you take back your power. Oftentimes, when you've had something devastating or very painful or hard happen, you have a loss of power. I have a podcast titled Take Back Your Power, which will help you kind of sort that out. My next suggestion is you've got to deal with any irrational thinking. That's not helpful. That's never going to be helpful, and it can contribute and make your life and problems worse. My next suggestion is please identify any disempowering attitudes or beliefs that you have, which would be common and reasonable, and replace them with empowering attitudes and beliefs. And yes, I have a podcast about that. My next suggestion is learn to control your mind. That is not something many people know how to do. It has also been done since the very beginning of time and written about since the beginning of time. And there are many ways you can learn to control your mind. I have a podcast that will help you with that. It's only one way to do it, but it's at least a start. My next suggestion is that you really take advantage of neuroplasticity of the brain, which is one of the most exciting and dynamic, although decades old, uh, scientific concepts, proven concepts, by using affirmations to help you reprogram and rewire your brain while you're growing and developing. My last big suggestion is that you set goals and start taking actions on those goals, which we know from the research will help you be happier. Now, I've already given you 
12 suggestions. So 13, the 13th suggestion is set, set goals and start taking action towards them. So I have a couple other last ideas I want to say before I wrap up. So it's really going to be helpful if you're dealing with a secret, a lie, or finding out some truth that you sort yourself out. That might require you talking to a trusted friend or confidant, someone who you respect to get yourself sorted out. You might need to get a therapist. If you need to get a therapist, get a therapist. If you need to go to therapy, go to therapy. Have no shame or embarrassment about that. I have a whole podcast about therapy. Deal with your emotions. You really want to learn to grow them and be able to manage and process them. If this is a traumatic event or a traumatizing event, please put yourself on a healing path, which all every all of my suggestions will help you to grow and heal, and you want to consider forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for other people. You get all the benefits for forgiveness. I don't care what your who did what to you. If you forgive them, they don't get any benefits. It's all for you. So I have a podcast about forgiveness. Regardless of what happened, put yourself on an amazing journey. Then you'll look back and say, oh yeah, that terrible thing happened, but look at my life now. Look at look at what I've done and, and be proud of yourself. If you need help, ask for help. I promise you, people will help you. Even strangers will help you. If you need help, ask for it. Another suggestion is that Learning to be present will be wildly helpful. That's kind of a subset of learning to control your mind, but being present is a thing. The, the newer term we have for being present is mindfulness. Optimism can also be an extremely valuable tool when you're dealing with something that's traumatic or painful or devastating or catastrophic or just hard. And my last statement to you is, Regardless of what's happened, regardless of how bad it is or how devastated you are or how you're feeling, you can do this. People have been doing this since the beginning of humanity. You can do this. I know that you can. And the more you grow and develop yourself, the easier life will become. I promise you that. It's why I wasn't tanked given what happened three years ago. It's why I'm happy no matter what happens because I have all these skills and abilities and you can grow them yourself. Here's your takeaways. It's time for you to be very compassionate with yourself and with others that sometimes the truth is too painful and people can't tell it. And it is time for you to put yourself on the road to growth and development because you want to have this rich, fun, amazing, happy life filled with all the good stuff. And my last takeaway is take someone with you. If you don't want to build a team, just take one person with you. Make it playful. Name your team. Create some events. You could even do costumes. <laughs> you could have so much fun. Like, Okay, maybe go listen to my podcast about being playful and having fun. My call to action is that you share this podcast with the people that you care about because everyone in the world deals with lies, secrets, or finding out some truth and share this podcast on social media. That's it. You got it. Take care.
I am Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 106, Secrets, Lies, and Telling the Truth. I hope that you have gotten some great value out of this podcast. I also hope you are going to get on the road to have an amazing and wonderful life for yourself. Please share this podcast with the people you care about and on social media. Of course, I would love it if you went to my website and entered my giveaway. Please hang in there for now. I love you. Take care.